Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and our guest today is Perla Cavazos, the Deputy Administrator at Central Health. Welcome to the show, Perla. Thank you. Good and afternoon. Another, <laughs> good afternoon. Happy Thursday. Recording on Thursdays, October 22nd. I want to first start off by just asking how you and the family are doing. I know your husband's a, an educator and just we all, you know, and you have a little one as well. So just a lot of moving parts of the household. Yes, we are taking it day by day. We just celebrated my daughter's third birthday on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we had a nice little three-person party at home. And he calls in or video calls in? Actually, grandma called in from Illinois. Mm -hmm. And uh, she got to sing happy birthday while and got to see Rosalinda blow out her birthday candle. So that was nice. We are you know we're just trying to savor those milestones as best that we can um and rethinking how we do things and you know we're getting ready for the holidays and planning to do again some low-key uh holiday celebrations um and i have to say that the first six to seven months of the pandemic has been full throttle at central health um, and community care, we've been really active in the COVID response, uh, setting up testing sites and uh, trying to put out information about uh, COVID prevention and where to get tested and other resources. So, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm trying to kind of um, take a step back and do some self-care and mm -hmm you know, really appreciate and celebrate those milestones in life because this pandemic is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so I need to take care of myself and my family in order for me to keep doing the work to, you know, take care of the community. Definitely, it's been, I mean, again, it's a, it's, it's been a world, whirlwind of a year. I mean, it feels like it was just, January 1st already and then we're closer to the year and we hit we hit the fall we hit we get through this month in November December at least on the government side it might as well be one month anyway it's just a sprint to 2021 outside of the election as well so many things happening um so before we get to central health and the work you're doing there I want to get to just your background you know uh prior central health and then also talk about your role you can lead that into your role and what you're working in central health sure so again, my name is Perla Cavazos, and for those who are just joining, and um, I'm the Deputy Administrator at Central Health. And I um, originally, I'm from South Texas, from the Rio Grande Valley. I'm, I'm from a small town, San Benito, on the border to Mexico, predominantly Hispanic community. And, um, you know, very humble beginnings. I was raised in a Mexican restaurant by my grandparents and um, was fortunate enough to go to school, go to college in California, and get my education there, and then um, landed here in Austin in 1997. My first job out of college was doing affordable housing advocacy, and um, worked at the legislature and worked at some nonprofits. And I'm really excited that at Central Health, I get to 
keep doing the work that I'm passionate about, which is serving our communities that are low income and vulnerable. Um, I've dedicated my life to, to working to lift up the communities um, that I've lived in, you know, that I grew up in. And so, you know, I just feel really passionate and excited to, to be at a place like Central Health that cares about um, serving um, and access to, you know, expanding access to healthcare for people who are low income and uninsured. And um, yeah, so now, I mean, I started at Central Health in 2016 and as a government relations director and now I'm the deputy administrator. And what I do is I, I still do government affairs. And so I'm very involved in communicating and liaison with our elected officials and, and agencies, uh, government agencies. But um, I also am now more involved with some of the day-to-day -day work at Central Health, um, working with our board of managers and our very closely with our chair, Sherry Greenberg, which Prior guest. was on your podcast just a few weeks ago and um, working with our executive team to set the agenda for central health and you know helping to set those strategic priorities. We just got done, you know, passing our budget. So it's it's exciting work. We have a great team. Um, it's very dedicated to the community and I'm I'm just proud to be a part of it. Yeah. I'm sure there are a good amount of listeners to this podcast that are familiar with Central Health and you know, there are a lot of politicos and insiders listening to the show. But for those, like if you're brand new to Austin, you might have seen Central Health's logo or discussions at council and so on in the paper. What is Central Health? Just um, not in a nutshell, but maybe it's uh, <laughs> like a, a handful a handful of sentences of Central Health. I mean, it's, it's, it's history, it's recent history, um, relatively speaking, and then just what's, what's going on today. Yes, yeah, so Central Health was created in 2004 by the voters of Travis County. We are the local governmental entity that's committed to ensuring that Travis County residents who are low income and uninsured have access to health care. Um, we have a nine member board of, of managers that's appointed by city council and our Travis County commissioners. And, you know, the what I love about Central Health is we help people who need health care and don't have an established provider. And um, I do a lot of work that I do, um, you know, on the government affairs side, you know, I occasionally get the phone call from an elected official saying, hey, I have a constituent, they need health care, can you help? And, you know, I have the, you know, great uh, responsibility of trying to connect those individuals to healthcare, and um, here recently, I just have to say, um, I want to say a, a month or two ago, I had an elected official reach out and say, you know, a family member's contacted me that uh, one of their children is in the emergency room, has been in and out of the emergency room. You know, they they collapse, they get taken by ambulance to the hospital. Um, you know, they get treated, they start to feel better, and, you know, maybe a couple of days later, they're let go. But then, you know, a few weeks later, they're collapsing again, they're back at the hospital, what can we do? And so 
I connected that family member with a caseworker here at Central Health with our healthcare delivery services, and we looked at whether they were eligible for, for the medical access program, MAP, or another um, program. And we're getting them uh, treatment, diagnostic treatment, to figure out what is going on and how can we stop that cycle of you know, of going to the emergency room, there's clearly something going on. And so they're now getting the care that we need. And that's just, you know, an example of the great work that we do that I'm proud to, to be a part of. And Perla, too, that's a good, a reasonable good point. The constituency that Central Health serves, uh, can you describe that too? Because I mean, that's, that goes in the of why it was created. Right, and so we do serve people who are low income and uninsured. So um, I like to say that we are the safety net to the safety net. People who don't have access to Medicaid um, because they make too much money, but they're still low income. Um, we in Travis County, thanks to our taxpayers, have the healthcare district and the medical access program. So we typically serve people who are 200% and below the poverty level. And um, so people who are yeah, low income, uninsured, don't have an established provider. And so we, you know, we have our eligibility specialists that'll, you know, take the application and look at the person's background and, and help them figure out what's the best healthcare program for them, whether, you know, maybe they are um, eligible for Medicaid or CHIP or Medicare, or, um, you know, maybe they're able to enroll in a health insurance plan through the exchange. Um, if they aren't, then, you know, we look at the medical access program and we do have two um, MAP programs. We have our traditional MAP program and MAP basic. And again, this is for Travis County residents only. Um, it's funded through Travis County taxpayer dollars. And we're able to provide care uh, to MAP members through our contracts with healthcare providers, um, community care being probably the primary healthcare provider and they are our affiliate, but we also work with providers like People's Community Clinic, Lone Star Circle of Care, Ascension Texas, St. David's, we have 40 providers that we contract with and, and through those providers, our MAP members have access to 183 um, locations to get healthcare. Well, good, and like, I'd love to put that in our show notes, how folks who are looking at those services uh, can, can, you know, if they're, if they're right now like trying to just get included in the program, how they can reach out to y'all. So we'll put, them, we'll put that in the show notes. We talk about just, I mean, how, with the with the the onset of COVID nineteen just early this year, this year, how is what I mean was how central health responded to that and the pivots y'all made? I mean, I think uh, I have you know sort of, I have various friends in the health industry. I know everyone's obviously it's a lot of things been going on, uh, but just what what things what have y'all done in terms of your, with your the constituents you serve? Yes, thanks for asking that. I mean, that's what have you been done? very focused. <laughs> You know, on top of uh, running the healthcare district and, you know, making sure that people are having their day-to-day -day healthcare needs addressed, um, we're, we've also been really active in the COVID response. 
here in Travis County. And first and foremost, we're supporting community care health centers. Central Health um, is um, the healthcare district, and then we have this affiliate community care health centers. And you know, right away back in March, they quickly stood up a drive-through COVID testing site at our Hancock Health Center on 41st Street. And um, so, you know, to date, they've set up five dedicated testing sites. In addition to doing testing at the 28 health centers that they have, we've tested 30,000 individuals since March. And um, in addition to that, you know, we've been active in at the table with the Emergency Operations Center and Austin Public Health in, you know, planning and responding to the pandemic and collaborating, you know, Dell Medical School, mayor's office and hospitals to be part of that response. And our, you know, Central Health community and outreach team has been absolutely amazing. We um, have been creating um, COVID prevention information, um, pushing it out through social media, through you know advertising, through TV, through radio. Um, I think we've made probably fifty <laughs> short video clips um, about you know educating about everything to do with the pandemic, the three M's in Spanish or the three W's in English. And again, everything is bilingual because the Hispanic community has been, you know, significantly impacted. I think 50% of COVID cases in Travis County have been in the Hispanic community. So we're making sure that we are sharing the information in, in different languages. Um, but yeah, the three W's, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask and watch your distance. And now we're promoting, you know, getting your flu shots. Um, okay. So a lot of, lot of outreach is going on, outreach and education. And, um, you know, I can speak specifically to a couple of programs that we've, uh, initiatives that we've yeah. implemented because not everybody has access to the internet and social media. So we developed a small business outreach program where we identified several um, hundreds of businesses in high-risk zip codes, many of which are in the Eastern Crescent. And we put together PPE kits, personal protective equipment, which includes masks, hand sanitizers, um, resource information for these small businesses to share with their customers. And, and that's been really successful. We've distributed at least 700, I want to say 700 of those PPE kits to small businesses. Some of them have come back to us saying they want more. Um, we're also doing the same with apartment buildings, with faith-based centers. And we've got, we've got a really positive, you know, feedback from that. And, um, and we even got some, you know, media attention and some of these small businesses have just been really great. And, you know, our hope is that um, we can spread the message more about how we have to maintain vigilant and we have to, you know, do the, the, the three W's. And even now we're hearing a lot about the COVID fatigue. People are tired of, you know, staying at home and they're starting to venture out and we're, we're seeing an uptick in the numbers. 
And um, so we just have to double down on the message that we can't let up our guard. And we're doing that, um, again, we're making phone calls to our MAP members. We've made at least 5,000 phone calls over the past few months. We've partnered with Austin Public Health um, to do PPE distribution. So I wanna say that we've distributed at least 120,000 masks and hand sanitizers in the past five to six weeks alone. And we've been doing that by distributing them at our clinics, but also at community events. We've partnered with different community events and we have um, you know, one event coming up this Saturday with HEB and Central Texas Food Bank and um, Austin Latino Coalition, where we're going to be actually um, giving flu shots, thanks to HEB and their donation of flu shots. And we're gonna be distributing food and also uh, masks and hand sanitizers and information. So we've been really active and busy. Very good, very good. And just, I mean, your earlier, to your earlier point about this being a marathon, um, has your board or the administration, the central health, contemplated initiatives going into this, going in the winter and then early spring? I know because flu season, flu season in Austin is going to go at least until what uh, Q1 2021. Um, we're just starting flu season now, and just are there initiatives or there or programs you're looking to do or launch in the spring or even just continue on maybe we're doing right now? Yeah. Community care is very focused right now on um, flu shots and encouraging patients as many as possible to get their flu shots. If we can curb the flu and keep people out of hospitals due to flu complications, then that leaves room for people who are having COVID complications. So we're really just, you know, doing a big push on the flu. Um, we are continuing to do COVID testing out in the community. So, you know, that's going to be something that, you know, we're going to be doing until this is over, until we have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And um, we're also preparing for the vaccine and how um, we're going to vaccinate as many people as possible, especially our population of low income and uninsured individuals, community care patients, and how can we uh, vaccinate effectively. And so we're starting to hear more about the plans, you know, from Austin Public Health, about, you know, how that's going to be done. And so we're getting ready for that. And that's, you know, that's going to be a big effort in itself. I mean, it takes special refrigerators, you know, we're hearing that it's going to be two doses. So we're going to have to, you know, not just you know, it's not a one-shot deal. We're going to have to, you know, make sure people come back for that second shot. Um, we're getting ready, honestly, for the legislative session as well. Me personally, I do government affairs, so gearing up for that, I think it's going to be um, a big session for COVID response um, in a environment where we're at. We're going to probably facing a ten billion dollar budget shortfall. Um, so we're also getting ready for that. And then again, just, you know, the everyday work of trying to expand access to health care where um, not just COVID, but, you know, we're trying to expand health care in the Eastern Crescent. And so we're gearing up to build some clinics in Del Valley um, 
South Del, Del Valley, Hornsby Bend, and Colony Park. So that work continues. Hmm. And this, again, for those who aren't familiar, the Eastern Crescent refers to it's a, sweep, a sweep of Boston, the Austin community on the east side, which historically, historically is, uh, is, is minority communities, Hispanic and black communities, uh, lower income populations. Great. Well, Perla, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, you know, thank you and your team for all the work you're doing. And uh, I know I'll see I'll see you virtually around uh, the block anyway. Uh, but Perla Cavazos is the, is the Deputy Administrator for Edsiful Health. Thank you for your time. Thank you, AJ. And thank you for all your work and your service in the community as well. I know um, you're involved um, as an advocate for the Black community, but also serve on some great nonprofits. Um, I saw recently the Long Center, the Millennium Center. So great work, keep it up. And, um, you know, I, I do want to say that if people want to learn more about central health and, and get involved, I encourage people to watch our, our board manager meetings um, every fourth Wednesday of the month in the evenings learn more. We also have opportunities to engage through our community advisory groups, through our community health champions, and through our health equity policy council. And so, you know, check out our website and learn, learn more and get involved, especially for, you know, folks out there that are passionate about increasing access to care in our low-income communities. Thanks. We'll put those, those uh, the information in the show notes.